Newly returned from their exile, God's people are read God's law by Ezra the priest. The people respond with shouts of acclamation, and a holy day is proclaimed. A reading from the book of the prophet Nehemiah. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people who wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions to, of them to those who have, whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The word of the Lord. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 19, found on page 4 in your service leaflet. Please stand as you're able and sing.
Each member of Christ's body, the church, is equally necessary to the functioning of the whole, and each has a particular function. Baptized into one, to the one body, we are to care for one another. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are able to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think are less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor of the inferior member, that there are there may be no dissension with the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles or all prophets or all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. After that reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I feel like I ought to entitle this sermon, Body Parts. Um, It's kind of funny to listen to him go on and on and on with this sustained metaphor, um, talking about how everyone is a member of the same body. Of course, today um, we're all dealing with with Lindy's death. Um, Lindy died uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, suddenly, I was sitting here uh, at Bible study and got the phone call. I need you to come to Lindy's apartment now. I said, why? And she said, to do last rites. And I thought, what? Um, and if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I'm not sure I would have believed it. Um, Lindy was, to say the least, a colorful character, um, sometimes coming to, shirt, to church in his muscle shirts and shorts so that all of his tattoos were there to be seen. Um, If you ever worked with us down at the fair, you knew what a character he could be, bringing people in to come come get their beer from us. Um, Always had something going on. He was squirting people with squirt bottles or whatever it was that that he did to to bring folks to to our tent. Um, He was, I think, one of Advent's greatest evangelists. Um, And talking about body parts, well, there's Lindy, you know. He's one of those members of the community that just kind of doesn't look like the rest of us, but he belongs. Um, He once told me, he said, I'm a geographical Christian. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, I go to the church that's closest, and you're just right down the street. So that's how we ended up with him. Um, And he was one of us. Uh, He had his effect on us, uh, made us partly who we are as we made him who he was. Um, He had a colorful past that went with all of those tattoos. Um, Anybody that knew him knew that there was a time in his past when drugs and alcohol had been a big thing. Um, And just recently he had uh, quit smoking, and he was very proud of that, although he had gained some weight from that. Um, He had been to the doctor a a few days, a week or so before he died. Um, He had hepatitis C, you probably knew that. And he was looking, he said, you know, he wasn't working at the plant anymore, the shop. And he was saying, maybe I could go on disability. And the doctor said to him, no, you're way too healthy for that. So who knows, who knows what happened. But he was one of those body parts, one of those members of us that, that you know, like all of the rest of us, we just have to deal with. Um, the bishop once said that he saw the Episcopal Church as the island of broken toys. Um, here we are. Um, all of us have our stories. Jesus preaches his first sermon in Luke's Gospel in the synagogue at Nazareth. I wish I could get away with sermons as short as that one. Um, We're told that that a report has gone out about him. People are very impressed with his preaching. He comes into the synagogue of Nazareth on the Sabbath, and they hand him the role of Isaiah, and he reads that passage from Isaiah 61, which talks about the year of the Lord's good favor. Um, the release of the captives, the recovery of sight for the blind. Isaiah is talking about the return from exile, and in the book of Leviticus, there is this law about the year of the Jubilee. Every 49th year, all debt is forgiven, 
All land goes back to its original owners or to their families. All debt slaves are freed. Everything is put back to the way it's supposed to be. Now, do you suppose that law was ever enforced? No. What a chaos that would be if mortgages were forgiven every 49th year, all of that. But coming back from exile, the people look around and say, how do we deal with this chaos? People are on the wrong plots of land. People have married outside the, the, the people. What are we to do? And Leviticus says the way we solve this problem is we start over. Everything goes back to year zero. This is where we start. Jesus comes into the synagogue at Nazareth, reads that passage, sits down, and says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Four verses later, the people of Nazareth are trying to throw him off the edge of the hill of Nazareth. Um, Something about this sermon was very challenging. He preaches it in Galilee, which is called Galilee of the Gentiles. So there are lots of people around who are not Jewish. Everyone is in debt to Herod. Herod has been taxing people off their land. And Jesus says, it all goes back to start. Wipe the slate clean and start over. Do you owe your neighbor something? Does your neighbor owe you something? Wipe it out. Have you stolen from your neighbor? Have you taken promises for debt from your neighbor? Wipe it out. Start over. Think of what that would do to the economy. People are saying, can't possibly do it. No wonder they're trying to throw him over the precipice of the hill at Nazareth. Jesus is telling us to start from scratch. And as you read the rest of Luke's gospel, it's clear that he intends that the Gentiles who are there in the land of Galilee are to be included in that. If they're on the property, leave them on the property. There they are. They're part of the people of God. It's clear that he intends that the people who have been pushed to the edge of the people of God shall be included. The the people who were lame and blind and all of the people that he heals, bring them back into the center. Bring the people from the fringes in. Bring the Lindys and make them part of us. Last week, Nathaniel was talking about the the changing of water to wine and said something that caught my attention. Um, He said, we are to take the everyday water of our life at Advent and let God change it into the very best of wine for the party and then invite everyone to that party. That's essentially what Jesus is doing with the year of the Jubilee. Include everyone. Everyone who's here, let that start. That's what Paul is saying. Jew and Gentile, slave and free, all of us together in this community. None of us can say we have no need of the other. Then at the end of his sermon, Nathaniel related that to the, to the line that we say in the Eucharistic prayer when the invitation is extended to come forward and receive the gifts of God for the people of God. The gifts given to us for the people of God. And he said, and that extends to everyone. Always, I say, after that, all are invited to come and receive them freely. People like that I say that. It means that everybody, in my mind, it means that everybody in this room is welcome to come and receive them freely, regardless of who you are. I think we need to change that. I think it needs to be extended. It's not just everyone in this room invited to come and receive them freely. Jesus would have us believe that it's everyone there in the Galilee of the Gentiles who's to be included in the people of God. And so I'm going to change it. From now on, I'm going to say God would have us 
invite all to come and receive them freely so that we take an active role in that. It's not just God inviting all of us comfortably here inside this room to come to the table, but us inviting everyone so that we can get those geographical Christians, those people who don't quite fit the image of an adventer and yet change what it means to be an adventer so that we can gather all of the people at the fringes and bring them to the center. Not just all are invited to come and receive them freely. God would have us invite all to come and receive them freely. Amen.